0: Welcome to the Global Venturing Review Podcast. My name's James Mawson, founder and editor-in-chief of our publications Global Corporate Venturing, Global University Venturing and Global Impact Venturing. It's a great pleasure to be back with you this week. Jeremy Hellis is uh, having a well-deserved break. He's doing some DIY, which seems a very sensible thing to do given the current situation as we move out of lockdown, being able to tidy up the old flat. Anyway, on to the exciting news of the week. We've seen a couple of things, and one of which is probably summed up with the headline, Slowly, Then Suddenly Change Happens, as there are a lot of straws in the wind currently that indicate change could be accelerating in regards to how capital is allocated and to whom. This past week's online roundtable for the Reinhard Moen Prize 2020, Fostering Innovation, Unlocking Potential, hosted by the Bertelsmann Foundation, saw luminaries from politics, business, civil society and science under Chatham House Rule discuss which Innovation policies and frameworks are now needed to facilitate economic prosperity and societal progress in the future and strengthen our crisis resilience. Underpinning the discussion was new research published by the Bertelsmann Foundation in a report titled World Class Patents in Cutting Edge Technologies, the innovation power of East Asia, North America, and Europe. Out of the 58 technology areas covered, with the top 10% classed as world class in each field, The U.S. and China in particular are setting a much faster pace in key digital technologies such as artificial intelligence, blockchain, quantum computing and big data, the report said. The U.S. remains, quote, the patent superpower, end quote. In 50 out of 58 cutting-edge technologies, the U.S. holds the largest number of world-class patents. It's especially far ahead in health and security, the report found. But relative strength is passing to East Asia. 2019, China ranked among the three countries with the largest number of top patents in 42 out of the 58 examined technologies. In 2010, the country hadn't even been able to make the top three at all. But the report said, quote, Innovations also must be aligned with the needs arising in our societies. A modern, ambitious innovation politics should therefore aim not only for missions and targets desirable for the economy, but also for society, end quote. The societal impact is starting to cause a so-called tech against unfettered or permissionless capital going to short-term or incremental innovation. Elizabeth McBride's article, quote, Why Venture Capital Doesn't Build the Things We Need, in MIT's Technology Review, said, quote, This largely white, largely male corner of finance has backed software companies that grow fast and generate large amounts of money for a shrinking number of Americans. Companies like Google, Facebook, Uber and Airbnb they don't create many jobs for ordinary people, especially compared with the companies or industries they disrupt. End quote. McBride quotes MIT professor Jonathan Gruber's book, Jumpstarts in America, which describes three innovations the US has effectively given away because it didn't have the infrastructure to bring them to market synthetic biology, hydrogen power, and ocean exploration. Stating, quote, most cases, companies in other countries commercialise research because America's way of investing in ideas hadn't worked. End quote. More broadly, McBride points to research showing that quote, If women, minorities and children from low-income families were to invent at the same rate as white men from families with incomes in the top 20%, the rate of innovation in America would quadruple. End quote. But in a dynamic economy, money is starting to shift. Alphabet, parent of Internet technology provider Google, yes, this week said it was targeting a goal of improving leadership representation of underrepresented groups within the corporation to 30% by 2025. And according to Alphabet CEO Sundar Pinchai, Google will, quote, post senior leadership roles externally as well as internally and increase our investments in places such as Atlanta, Washington, D.C., Chicago and London, where we already have offices, end quote. PGI also set up a $175 million commitment that includes $50 million in financing grants for small businesses and $100 million in funding participation to targeting black entrepreneurs. This included increasing Alphabet's investment in Plexo Capital, led by former GV partner Lo Tony, and the creation of Google for Startup Accelerators for Black Founders with a $5 million fund run by Jewel Burke-Solomon. And Lo Tony will be uh, speaking at our next GCV Digital Forum 2.0 on the 29th of September. So it'll be worth picking up not just with Low, but also more broadly this discussion and topic, which will be part of the agenda. Second main story of the week was CVC is as easy as one, two, three in many ways. When asked for the global corporate venture in agriculture technology supplement in March, why there was such a boom in the space, Davia Batuktina, Business development manager at Kubota Group, a Japan-based agricultural machinery maker, said, quote, business is not as usual, end quote. Unsurprisingly, therefore, in such times, the focus and interest on corporate venturing only increases, and the final member of Agriculture's ABCD quartet has this week joined the ranks. Max Clegg has become head of LDCE Innovations the corporate Venture Capital Unit of Agricultural Commodities Trader, Louis Dreyfus Company's Downstreet Division, now run by Thomas Courtaudier. Dreyfus is the D of the so-called ABCD Quartet of Global Commodity Traders that includes Archer Daniels Midlands Company, Bunge, & Cargill, which have been active CVC for years. LDC Innovations will invest in food and farming firms while also announcing a change of head in McIntosh CEO. Louis Dreyfus said, quote, over the coming months, we will invest in early stage companies with the potential to transform the food and agriculture industries, End quote. Like its peers, Dreyfus has been looking further down the food chain in response, declining profits in trade and shipping crops are called into Reuters. Food companies, whether Tyson Foods, Danone or Smithfield, have also been expanding their venture activities, either directly or as limited partner of specialist VCs, such as Cultivian Sandbox, DCVC and AgFunder. As have other parts of the ecosystem, such as equipment makers Kubota, John Deere, or Yamaha, and financial services specialists such as Rabo Bank and Farm Credit Canada, which last month partnered with venture capital firm Forage Capital to raise a 100 million Canadian dollars fund. And as Batutina said for the March report, quote, the status quo in ag and its related financial sectors are changing. There is a shortage of labour. And whether we will exist as demand for customers is for small machineries, not big machines with huge margins. End quote. These changes could bring in new types of related corporations, such as Husqvarna and Stihl, which make robotic garden machinery and have been expanding their venturing activities in the past two years. And we are delighted to welcome Husqvarna and its corporate venturing head, Mark Johnson, as the latest member of the GCV Leadership Society. And look forward to hearing more on this topic at the GCV Digit Forum 2.0 on 29th of March. Thanks, Mark. Appreciate you joining. Third big story, government's need to cure old habits of control, I wrote, which was the traditional way of thinking of supporting entrepreneurs has been to look at their five primary needs. Access to capital, finding customers, product and service development, hiring people, and eventually an exit. Increasingly, however, are six factors coming into play. Navigating big government. From a reflexive position across much of the Anglo-Saxon world, privatisation and let it markets decide, since the days of Ronald Reagan and Margaret Thatcher, has come a counterblast from the east, suggesting that industrial strategies, state bailouts, and national champions are important. Last week, German government-owned development bank KfW agreed to invest 300 million euros, or about 339 million dollars, in CureVac, the local developer of messenger RNA-based drugs whose technology could also influence development of a vaccine for COVID-19. The transaction will give KFW a stake of around 23% and comes after CureVac agreed a $90 million loan from the European Investment Bank in March this year, and it announced it would concentrate efforts on developing a coronavirus vaccine, following press reports that the American government tried to invest with a view to relocating the its products to the US. The geopolitical tensions bubbling away are seen across almost all technologies as innovation becomes a defining route to national prosperity. Whether this requires state management and direction is another matter. Inclusion of state agencies is a useful part of the mix. Curevac has corporate family and VC backers after spinning out from a university two decades ago. But, as with other strategic investors, the focus on supporting the entrepreneur. It's a starting point for governments, regardless of whether they eventually move abroad, still to another business, list another jurisdiction or supply products to the higher bidder. might be frustrating for companies at the individual level with decisions made that authorities would wish to avoid, but deeper reflection on the causes of the actions almost always reveal an underlying reason that can be better treated rather than a blanket ban. In the same way, corporate ventures have learned to avoid asking for rights of first refusal and other limitations on entrepreneurs. It's good to see governments stepping in to impact the great challenges of our time and increasingly join other venture investors in syndicates, if responsibly handled. And the final big story of the week. We had since been interested to see Soren Thingard Hansen has joined Denmark-based pharmaceutical firm Nova as a senior partner in order to set up a private equity initiative to complement its existing corporate venture strategy. The move comes just as Novo has agreed to purchase US-based genomics therapy developer Corvidia Therapeutics for up to $2.1 billion, enabling pharmaceutical firm AstraZeneca and Fresenius Medical Care to exit. Novo is stepping up his engagement with top startups by using corporate venturing strategies to acquire stakes in public companies and apply value-added support. Now, with Hanson joining, he can layer on private equity approaches to bigger deals and buyouts. Hanson had previously spent more than 17 years at local pension fund Industrians Pension, mainly as head of private equity. We are seeing other corporations doing similar, whether it is BP with his launch pad unit or Tencent American others. As the industry professionalises, the lines between public, private and cross-alternative investment strategies will blur further. And just a quick FYI, separately our partner Patty Burke has an offer of a free virtual conference on 25th of noon, featuring many of the Centre for Creative Leadership's top researchers and thought leaders. Shift Forward, a virtual leadership conference for the transformed world. So do check that out. If you enjoy this podcast, you'll enjoy Patty's great work. On to the more news in briefs on deals. We've seen DoorDash has raised $400 million in the late stage round increase increased its valuation from $13 billion to 16000000000 billion post-money. The online food delivery service has now secured a total of $2.5 billion from investors including SoftBank. And Forma has forced its way to $278 million. And the Novartis and Eli Lilly-backed cancer and hematologic disease drug developer will go public, having expanded the size of its offer. Volkswagen invested $100 million in solid-state battery developer QuantumScape two years ago, and is increasing that commitment by up to $200 million as the company seek to the strengthen their existing partnership. They are planning to set up a pilot facility to test out the industrial stale manufacturing of QuantumScape batteries for use in Volkswagen electric vehicles. Orca Bio has meanwhile organised $192 million in Series D round. Kaiser Permanente contributed to the round at pushed the total raised by the cellular cancer therapy developer to $300 million. C4 Therapeutics, meanwhile, has closed $150 million Series B round, alongside $20 million in venture debt, and cash coming from new investors, and largely undisclosed existing backers that could include Novartis Roche and Kraft Group. And corporations have chipped in as BYD Semiconductor gets $113 million. SK China, Xiaomi and Lenovo were among the investors as BYD's electric vehicle chip off added the route to the 265 million it announced last month. Green Light, meanwhile, has filtered through $102 million. Continental Grain invested in Series D Round that boosted the RNA technology providers' overall funded to $214 million. Pagaya has, meanwhile, built an AI software platform that utilizes machine learning and data analysis to manage assets for institutional investors also received 102 million in Series D round featuring Cly Insurance and subsidiaries of Aflax Bank Hapolium and Siam Commercial Bank. On Global University Venture, meanwhile we've seen 4DMT material $75 million in the Series C round as a spin-off from the Berkeley Catalyst Fund. BitBio whips up Series A funding for the University of Cambridge in the UK stem cell differentiation spin-out. And Proprio picks up $23 million a uh, founded from the University of Washington faculty. On to exits. There have been a few significantly upsized IPOs of late, especially in healthcare sector. And as well as the former one I mentioned before, we've seen Infinity Biosciences pulled off its biggest jump of all. Infinity, which is developing drugs for muscle diseases, raised $259 million when it went public. Floating above its range, increasing the number of of shares by 44%. The company's investors include Eli Lilly, Brace Pharma Capital, ST Pharma and Takeda Ventures, then saw its shares rise 58% on the first day of trading. Crikey. Kangaroo, meanwhile, has cantered to a $149 million IPO. The rabies and meningitis vaccine producer, which counts Aokang and Tiger Med as investors, floated in its home country of China. And... Couple which are still waiting across the blocks. One of the large ones is Palantir Data Miner, which has raised one point oh, well, more than two billion I think now, including From Ariel and is reportedly ready in a confidential IPO filing with to floating in September. Also this week, the big data analyst provider, Palantir, followed up a 50 million investment by Fujitsu with $500 million from its partner in the Japanese joint venture. So other IPOs we've got Repair, which has reached public markets with $220 million. The targeted oncology drug developer, which accounts Bristol-Myers Squibb and Celgene investors investors is floating above its range. BlueEd bids for a $50 million US IPO. New World Development and China Mobile Games and Entertainment will have a chance to exit the Asia-based gay-dated app developer. Proteus Digital, meanwhile, has sadly gone into bankruptcy on exits. Move came after the digital health technology provider, which is the Rafter Corporate masters, reportedly failed to raise a nine figure round last year. Meanwhile, people, we've seen GCV Powerless member Kristen Ayomod is leaving Equinor Technology Ventures, which is being merged with a sister unit under Gareth Burns to join venture firm Art of Turn Ventures. And Adam Feigermann has followed another ex ICMS executive Colin Day to Susquehanna Growth Equity. They provide backend technology for ETFs I apparently, mean, where he's been hired in a similar position. And on funds, we've seen there's a couple of LP stakes will be published on Monday, but we've seen Kopex set the stage for corporate venturing. Brian Walsh set the unit up called Wind Ventures last year and it's just hired a couple more people and added some extra corporate venturers from NOCO, Minolta, and GM Ventures and revealed his first portfolio companies. So that's all the news from the past week. Thanks for joining us and don't hesitate to reach out and weekend good week. Global Venturing Review was produced by In Ear Production. You can find out more by going to inearproduction.com.